Please remain standing as we hear our gospel reading for today. Let us pray. Lord God, today we wish to see Jesus. As the word is read and proclaimed, we pray that by your Spirit's power that you would enlighten our hearts and help our eyes to see Christ. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Our reading today comes from the sixth chapter of Mark's Gospel, beginning with verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now even late. Send them away so they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy something for themselves to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Are we to go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. When they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he ordered them to get all the people to sit in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and of fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all, and all ate and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who had eaten the loaves numbered 5,000 men. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. I love this sixth chapter of the book of Mark. It begins with... Jesus sending out the 12 disciples to share in his mission. He gives them authority to go and preach, to heal sickness, and to cast out evil spirits. Then when we come to the middle part of the sixth chapter, we find this oddly placed story about Herod. And Herod throws a birthday party for himself. And during the party, he has John the Baptist beheaded. Odd story, right? Then we pick up with the text that we just read of the disciples returning back from Jesus sending them out, and they report to Jesus what has happened. 
Now, this weird, dark passage that appears in the middle of the disciples going and coming, why did Mark place it here? Well, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked that question. It's my question as well. You see, Mark is juxtapositioning two things in this chapter. On the one hand, he's got Herod who represents the kingdom of this world. It's a dark kingdom. And then on the other side, we have Jesus and the kingdom of God contrasted. So this passage about Herod serves as a dark backdrop upon which Mark casts this story about Jesus and his disciples. He is contrasting how Herod runs his kingdom and how Jesus runs his kingdom. The way that earthly powers are contrasted with the power of God. And so Herod's party describes this elaborate feast that he gives for his friend. And they come and they, they celebrate his birthday. around this party, this feast. But when we look at the latter part of the sixth chapter of Jesus feeding the 5,000, we also have an entirely different feast, don't we? It's the feast, it's the banquet that Jesus gives in the wilderness or around the sea. And so these things are contrasted with each other. There's Herod's feast, it's for the rich and the powerful, it is to impress, it's to bring glory to himself. But then there's Jesus who hosts his feast, it's for the masses, and who's invited to it? Everybody, the lowly, the outcast, and what does Jesus do? He serves them. Herod's setting for his feast is this grand palace in this beautiful, magnificent city. But Jesus is by a lake, on the water, and there is green grass that the people sit on. Herod's party is self-indulgent. Jesus, Mark tells us, was built around passion. There are a couple of points that I want to make about Jesus' feast. The first point is this. Jesus possesses abundant compassion as the good shepherd. Jesus is acting like a shepherd from the very outset of this passage. From the very beginning. The opening verses. What is Jesus doing? So his disciples have returned from their intense ministry work and they share stories with Jesus about what has happened, their glory sightings, so to speak. And Jesus says, guys, come away and let's go get some rest. Here is the Good Shepherd inviting his disciples to a place of solitude and rest. He is inviting them to get away from the hustle and bustle of their ministry. 
He's not saying that they need to go take a vacation. This is not a mental health day. This is not self-care. But Jesus says, come away with me. Come with me. And let's go to a place of solitude. They get away with Jesus so that their souls can be restored. Yes. That's what we need, isn't it? The demands of life, ministry, and church work, and volunteering in our community, and all the other work that we do can be exhausting. And sometimes we need to be away and rest. Take a Sabbath. Y'all, I just want to speak some truth right now. Today is a hard day. Right? I mean, we're coming together and, and we're going to be voting. There's been a lot of work that's been done. We have been meeting upon meeting upon meeting. Let me encourage you. After today, step away and get some rest. I'm not going to be in the office tomorrow. I hope you'll give me permission to do that. But I'm exhausted. I'm tired. And this passage really invites me to remember that I find my rest when I get away and I get to school. Do you have healthy rhythms like that in your life? Well, I want to encourage you to do that this week. Maybe even this afternoon or tomorrow as you are able. So notice what happens next. In this passage, it's not rest, is it? <laughs> no. The disciples of Jesus, they encounter more need. As they're getting away, they get in the boat and they, they go across the lake to another cove or another little town. And, and the crowds, they see that boat. And they journey and as they go, they gather a crowd. And when Jesus and the disciples get to shore, there they are. Hey there, Jesus. You know, they, they follow Jesus. They are hungry for more of Him. They, they want to hear His teachings. They want to be near Him. For whatever other reasons, they have decided to come after Him. And so, here they are. When Jesus and the disciples are trying to get away, let me ask you, how would you have responded to that crowd? Would you have said something like, hey guys, we're, we're going to be on Sabbath, so come back tomorrow or the next day? Or would we have been annoyed by them? You know, sometimes we can get annoyed with people who are perceived as an interruption to our agenda, to our schedule. This is my day off, we say. I'm trying to rest. Just please go away. You ever get a text or an email or phone call from your boss on your day off? Katie, don't answer that. <clears throat> I got one Friday from my boss. My boss happens to be the district superintendent. 
And uh, he calls me and he says, Jimmy, I'm sorry to bother you. I know it's your day off. I just need one minute. And then 30 minutes later, <laughs> we're still on the phone. Ah! <laughs> but how does Jesus respond to this interruption? Like a good shepherd. That's how he responds. Mark tells us that Jesus sees that crowd and what's he respond with? Compassion. It says when Jesus sees that crowd, he has compassion on them. Why? Well, Mark tells us. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. You know, the thing about sheep is they need a lot of care. Can't really take a day off when it comes to the sheep. They need guidance. They need protection. They need to be led to food and water. Sheep require a lot of care. Here's Jesus having compassion on them. You know, this word compassion is interesting. It doesn't mean that Jesus has pity on them. He doesn't feel sorry for them. He isn't judging them. But compassion looks like not being in a rush to send them away. That's compassion. And that's what Jesus does. You know, our goal, if we were there, would probably be, okay, Jesus, I understand we need to do something about this crowd. Let's do it quickly. So get them in here, sit them down, let's, let's run them through and get them out. <laughs> so we can be on with our rest. But Jesus doesn't do that. He invites them to come and to sit. To sit on the grass. He prioritizes them first. He gives them the attention that they desire. Compassion leads Jesus to serve them. To care for them. To acknowledge them. To love them. You know, the thing about this is, is that your needs and my needs, they matter to Jesus. Jesus cares. We too are like sheep who need a shepherd. Jesus knows our greatest needs and He still cares for us. You know, when we really think about this journey that Jesus is on as He's making His way to Jerusalem, what's waiting there? The cross, right? The crucifixion. And we know that that is the ultimate demonstration of Jesus' compassion for us. Yes, we are like sheep without a shepherd. We are like people that need a Savior. And Jesus knows that that's our deepest and greatest need. Therefore, He has compassion. And that compassion will lead Him to lay down His life for us. It will lead Him to the cross to die for us. Because He loves us. He is our compassionate, good shepherd. 
Now look at what Jesus does to demonstrate his compassion. In verse 34, the last part of that verse, what does Jesus do? And y'all, I so often read over this because this passage has become so ingrained in my mind. I know it's about the feeding of the 5,000. But look at what Jesus does first. It says, He taught them many things. It's almost overlooked because we know this passage involves bread and fish. But what does Jesus do first? He teaches them. He gives them the bread of life. Because He knows this is our deepest need. It's a spiritual need. Jesus seeks to meet that first. As Jesus goes along, what is He doing? He's preaching repentance. He's calling lost sheep to follow Him. For Him to be their shepherd. The shepherd and the guardian of their souls. And He calls us to live into the truth of a God-oriented life. Giving us spiritual life is what Jesus cares about. But he doesn't just stop there. Instead, he goes further and he feeds them. He gives them bread. He gives them something to eat. He cares not only about their spiritual needs, but also their physical needs. How does he feed them? The last point. Jesus invites his disciples to share in his ministry of compassion. He looks at the disciples and he says, you feed them. You give them something to eat. And they go out into the crowd and, and they wander around and they maybe look in their boat or in their backpacks and they find some fish and some bread. And they bring it to Jesus and he blesses it, breaks it, and has the disciples distribute and we learn that everyone there has their field. And there are 12 baskets full left over. That tells me there was one for each disciple. What were they going to do with it? I don't know. Use your imagination. But Jesus has been inviting them to share His ministry. Y'all, we are a community that is called to shepherd one another. I need you to encourage me, and you need each other to encourage you. There are people that we interact with every day that need you to encourage them, to shepherd them. How will you do that? Feed them spiritually. Pray for them. Share Scripture with those who are facing struggles. Let them know that you care in the way that you demonstrate compassion for them. Sometimes we're called to feed a meal. To feed people physically. 
serve people, prepare a home-cooked meal for someone that's recovering surgery. And y'all do such a good job of that. And this passage certainly reminds us to do more of that. You know, one of the things that I've been doing during the season of Lent is each week I do something to serve someone else. Following in the example of Christ, who came not to be served, but to serve others, to give his life. The first week I went to the nursing home, Katie and I did, and we spent some time there doing an Ash Wednesday service. Yesterday I spent my Saturday in Noxipater, Mississippi, at a Methodist church there that has had three pastors that have died tragically and unexpectedly. And I was there serving as part of a healing team to listen to their story and to pray with them as they came to the altar to anoint them and pray over that little congregation there. That's how I spent my Saturday, typically a day off. Serving. Showing compassion. Jesus says, you feed that's a call to all of us. As I conclude this message, I want to draw your attention to something that maybe you've already begun to notice. But there are parallels between this passage and the 23rd Psalm that we read earlier. So many parallels. The message is obvious that Jesus is the Good Shepherd. Listen to the 23rd Psalm and the connection. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not yet. Why? Because He is He is lavished in His passion. And because of that, I lack nothing. The psalmist goes on to say, He makes me lie down in what? He leads me beside the still waters. See, Jesus does this for his disciples, for the crowd. Mark even tells us that the grass that they sat in was green grass. He restores my soul, he leads me in right paths. For his name's sake. Jesus calls us to places of solitude, to those still waters where our souls can be refreshed. And he gives us the bread of life as he teaches. The psalmist says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Who are these enemies? The powers of this world. The Herods of this world. Who have their kingdom. But Jesus reminds us of his kingdom. And how he walks with us. He is the light that shines in the darkness of this world. 
And Jesus gives us victory over our enemy, even death. He is our good shepherd. The psalmist says, my cup overflows. We don't have cups, but we have baskets. Twelve Abundant and overflowing to demonstrate to us that the Lord's compassion and grace, they never run out. There's always more than enough. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. How is that possible? Because our good shepherd lays down his life. He has promised good to us. For all who repent, turn, follow Jesus, we discover our abundant good shepherd who gives us life and invites us to come to the feast. Will you join with me in our Apostles' Creed? Would you stand? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.